Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 107. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the power gamer, the epic power gamer, Thomas Smiley. And we're here to talk about Legacy. Oh, my new computer is disgusting. I'm so, like, happy with how it came out. It's I got a new computer desk. I got, like, double monitors now on monitor arms. Everything glows. It looks really nice. Yeah, no, it's not just a new computer. You're, you're selling it very short. What you sent me a picture of is not what I would call a new computer, man. That's like a new lifestyle or something yeah, like that. The, the whole setup is all different. I have the wall that's all soundproofed. Plus, like, just, yeah, everything. I upgraded it. It was really nice. It looks like a bar I would do ecstasy in in Brussels. <laughs> you know what? With the lights, it does kind of look like that. I don't have a smoke machine, but the picture came out like it like it looked like there was one. But really, yeah. I can like I can do other things and have my class on the other monitor, and uh, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. It's been awesome. So, can you turn off those lights when you have class going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Yep, yep. The uh, the Molly lights are not on during my class. It's nice. Is that what they're called, or is that just what you're calling them? No, I'm just calling them that because of your reference. I don't know what oh, Molly okay. refers to. Um, <laughs> You also have the curved monitors, man, which uh, look pretty nice. Yeah, so, like, like I I was taking a look at, like, the really nice monitors. They have, like, some 32 extra wides, but they were so expensive that there was no way that I could justify buying that for myself. So I bought two 27 curved flat screens, and I have the monitor arms mounted so, like, the bend is together, um, and it looks really nice. Yeah, see, this is a problem of scale. I was thinking, oh man, my 24s are still bigger than his monitors because I forgot you're a giant. So I was thinking those were like 19s that you had in that picture, but actually they're 27s, you motherfucker. Yeah, oh, it looks awesome. And uh, when I got the whole setup, I realized I was going to need another desk because the the two monitors weren't going to be um, were going to be too wide for my old one. So uh, so I got a new desk too. With and the, the desk. beverage holster on the side, it looks yeah, like. Did the, you make the, that yourself? Yep. No, no, no. That came with the desk. Oh, and, okay. Uh, it's got it's got a uh, headphone rack, and uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's crazy. The beverage holster is hilarious though, because it it kind of looks like uh, it's made out of like paper clips or something. <laughs> like I did it myself. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> what do you got in there tonight? Uh, right now, some Eagle Rare. Uh, that's the. Hold on. Maybe you can hear that. Yeah, is that chip dice? Yep. Nice. Ah, and that's me taking a sip. There and the go. microphone is in like a much better spot now. It hangs over the monitors. I'm talking too much about this, but I'll post a picture on Twitter. <laughs> this is like a dual purpose Warcraft uh, magic thing. Yeah, well, I could have it open. Right now I'm not because I actually have the cast notes open on one monitor and I'm watching Audacity because I want to make sure the recording is good. Because it's on a new computer and everything. So I got like, I got a nice setup going on. Yeah, bro. So we're both on new computers. Obviously, we couldn't record last week because I didn't have internet. It was such a fucking pain in the ass. You know, moving out here, but also getting internet set up is always a problem because cable companies just suck in general. Yep. But now, how we... is the internet? The first thing I did when I got here was do a speed test and I was super pumped. Yeah. Uh, is it okay? Well, so if I'm near the router, it's like fiber or whatever. So if I'm near the router, I can I can get hundreds of megabytes per second. Yep. Like like four hundred. Uh, it's supposed to be up to nine hundred, but I think um, I think when I moved in, I had six hundred. But I I actually ran a hard wire from the router up the stairs into the office. Oh, so nice. I have yeah. It doesn't look very good upstairs. I tried to hide it as best I could in my living room, but um, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm actually doing is I ordered the extender, and I'm going to run a hard wire from the extender and see what that comes out to. I imagine it'll probably be about the same speed as when I'm next to the router and not wired. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But right now, up here, because I'm about as far, we put the, we, we put the box on the second floor, uh, at the other end of the house from me, and I'm on the third floor now, so uh, I'm as far as you could possibly be from it, basically. And I got gotcha. you. About I'm about like fifty. All right. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we stay good. I mean, that's I think that's better than I had in Boston anyway.
That makes sense. It's funny, though, because you're talking about being very hot in your room with your computer on. Yeah. And I'm used to having the same weather as you, bro. I know, and now it's completely different. How is it in Cleveland? 64 degrees right now. Oh, man, I love that. It was like in the 90s, or it might have just been in the 80s, and I'm fat, and it felt like the 90s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was really warm earlier today, and uh, when I record, I have to kill the air conditioner. So the monitors and the computer definitely uh, definitely <laughs> heat up the room. Yeah, we've had some hot nights. This place is central air, so that's nice, but it's been more muggy than anything. I'm not sure it ever even gets up to 90 here. It seems like it's always about 80, but it's just All pretty right. muggy. Nice. Uh, yeah, man. So, obviously, we haven't talked in a couple weeks. A couple things I wanted to talk about before we get into magic stuff. This, I mean, this is magic related, but Rich Shea has sold his Moto collection. No more streaming for Rich. I was, Kevin, yeah, good. Oh, I was about to say I was like disappointed, but I understand it's been building for a while. And Rich, like, congratulations to Rich. He's got a bunch of stuff that he can work on now uh, in his new house and all of that. So it's not like he's going to be bored. Um, he probably was going to, I don't want to like speak for him, but he probably would have taken a little break anyway, just to get everything set up. Seems that way, right? And also our boy, Kevin Jones. So these are two previous guests, two friends of the podcast. Uh, Kevin also calling it quits with regard to magic. I, I don't know, man. I saw those both on Facebook within the same 24 hour period recently, like a couple days ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it just hit, man, because those are two people that I had already been playing when I came back to the game and were Legacy players already when I got into Legacy. Yep. So it just kind of feels like they, you know, they were like rocks from from my perspective, from, from the perspective of my ship. But yeah, anyway, you know, they're obviously people who I... Looked up to in Legacy, and they're gone. And, dude, this is just such a weird time. Like, obviously, I've moved out to Cleveland now. And, like, people keep asking me, like, oh, what do you think of Cleveland? And it's, like, on a day-to-day basis, dude, I don't remember that I'm in a different state. Like, I still think I'm in Massachusetts because, like, my life for the last four months I lived in Massachusetts was so fucked anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not like – because, you know, like, when you move to a new place, there's this feeling of, like, you're missing something. I moved around a lot when I was a kid and there was always this feeling of like, oh, I'm missing this party or I'm missing, you know, this thing I would be doing with my friends What at this point in time or whatever. And it's like, what are you missing right now? You know, like everything's happening online right now specifically. Like I'm not even missing fucking F&M, you know, like, yep. so my day to day life is exactly the same as it used to be. Yeah. So, if my, if my house was like Wizard of Oz into a different place it would be the same thing like maybe yeah, there'd be a different takeout i'm pumped that my uh uh my my bond me place is back they reopened and i'm really <laughs> excited but anyway keep talking no dude that's it pretty much but you said takeout dude and honestly i wanted to say something i'm gonna i'm gonna apply to the uh the thomas smiley liberal audience right here uh you know how people say like uh they they eat a lot of takeout because the kinds of foods that they want to eat aren't like the the stuff that's in the grocery store. Okay, Have you ever sure. heard that argument? Yeah, I, like, mine I've, is I've heard just this argument I'm lazy. for like why populations are are overweight or whatever. Um, and I I was always sort of like, okay, you know that's that's that could be true. I wasn't really aware of it though. You know what I mean? Like like you hear an argument and you're just kind of like, okay, like. Could be true, could be false, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Dude, moving out here, that's like the one thing that's really dramatically shifted about my life is like I one thing I always cooked every week was I made like a lot of baked CD at the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, hot sausage, sweet sausage, penne, um, you know, ricotta cheese, mozzarella cheese, you know, usual big ZD shit. Yeah. And I go to the fucking store. Dude, I go to two stores here. Mm -hmm. 
And you know, there's a sausage section at the store in Massachusetts yeah. and Connecticut and New York. There's the got, four main. There's the four main kinds of sausages, right? There's you got Italian sweet. You got hot, Italian hot. Exactly, Italian sweet, Italian hot. Bre- and then like there's a the breakfast ish. Exactly, breakfast sausage, and then there's uh, kabasi, right? Or or chorizo in, in Massachusetts, especially if we're on yeah, the South Shore. True. Yeah, true. chorizo. Anyway, those I, are the, those are the four kinds of sausages at the store. Yeah. Not here, bro. What do you not, what do you got there? Not fucking here, apparently. So I'm like, oh yeah, go grab the Italian sausage. So I waltz over to the sausage section of Dave's Market, bro. It's all fucking Polish sausages and bratwursts. Different different kinds of bratwursts. And like I flash back to uh like US history in high school. And I remember hearing about like the German belt from like Pennsylvania to Oregon and like how World War One, like there there were concerns like Ohio was going to fight for for the Germans because there are so many Germans there. And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm in fucking little Germany. Like, there were no Italian sausages, bro, at two different stores that I went to. So are you like like frantically YouTubing, all right, if I get myself some ground sausage how can I spice it to be an Italian? No, sweet? dude, I'm not or eating t- a Browers. Are you kidding me? No, Is you this- just get you just get regular ground, like like actual ground meat, and then you spice it like an Italian oh. sweet or Italian hot. Like you don't case it yourself, but you're like, all right, if I saute it with this, it'll have the same same flavor profile. That's actually a pretty good idea. I ended up yeah. going to a third store finally, but oh, and you found it. Okay, well, yeah. when I got my new computer, I moved. My old computer and my old monitor into my kitchen to sort of act like a like a TV internet device. Yeah. And I hooked it up next to my oven, and I mounted the monitor so I can be watching like YouTube cooking videos while I'm cooking. And yeah. it's so fucking awesome. That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It uh it came out pretty well. I like the sound of that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So yeah, man, that's been a challenge. And also ricotta cheese. Like I went to find some ricotta and, and the fucking first store didn't have any. And the mm-hmm. second store had four things of ricotta cheese and they had all expired July 11th, bro. Ugh. All four of them had been expired for three weeks and nobody fucking noticed. That's how, that's how few Italians <laughs> there are out here apparently. I'm in no I, man's land. I mean, that's like... I guess it's interesting that you're going to see a different part of the country like that because like food, like the takeout food and grocery store food is like, it's regionalized and I don't know what it's like in other parts. It's, uh, I didn't realize, I I honestly had no idea that this could, this was a thing that like Italian sausage was in every grocery store in the country, but like, I'm definitely eating more takeout because of this. So I'm more sympathetic to that argument now for sure. Uh, also, I just want to say real quick, I found a card shop called Mr. Cards and Comics in, uh, I don't know, somewhere around me. I'm in okay. Cleveland Heights, technically. And they had a 93-94 tournament the day after I moved here. I just wasn't aware that it was happening. Um, and so I went in there yesterday just to see what was up, and they had, like, a big Yu-Gi-Oh tournament going on. It's a pretty small store. Maybe you could see, like, 20 people with the, uh, COVID sort of distancing. So they like when you walked in there, there were people actually spread out. It wasn't one of those like, we're we're a freedom store. We forget that. <laughs> I wish, but it was more like uh, double wide tables and masks and everything. Perfect. So they were playing Yu Gi Oh though, not Magic. Well, okay, not perfect. No, but I mean like Magic in a few years. Yeah, <laughs> could be could be pretty close. Yeah, bro. So yeah, basically, uh, it looks like you know eventually that the store might be uh, might be the good store for me. So I'm awesome. happy with that. Oh, it's so, good that they had ninety three, ninety four going right away. Yeah, bro, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I was really shocked to see that. So I, I was kind of sad I missed it, but I'm sure there'll be a next time. So mm-hmm. yeah. So getting into magic stuff. Um, oh, actually, <laughs> before we get into magic stuff. Did you send something to Jerry and Pat for the 300th episode? I did. Like, nice. super congratulations to them. I probably could have picked, like, a like a better story uh, that would have, been, <laughs> would have been more funny, but it was kind of just, like, sappy and community-driven and 
wanted to wanted to really say thanks to them because we wouldn't be here without those guys. I promise mine will be a lot worse than yours. So okay, that. put that in your pocket. Oh so, yeah, how how are the tokens coming? <laughs> yeah, so dude, my shirt just showed up like an hour before we started recording. How how nice did they come out? Yo, it's super fucking nice, bro. Like I sent a picture of it to my family. That's how nice it was. That's awesome. Yeah, they yeah. uh they shrunk a little on me, so I would suggest going <laughs> up like half a size or uh not being an Italian sausage. Um, uh, but the the printing and everything, you did an amazing amazing job with that graphic. It came out amazing. Yeah, dude. Thanks for well, thanks for following through on the. Uh execution and that's why i put tokens on the show notes because uh now that the shirts have been taken care of the next promise that i made and, and haven't kept <laughs> is the, the the tokens that i've half designed now uh so i guess uh i gotta get to work on that now that the shirts are out we'll uh make a discord channel that will have a timer and yeah. hopefully it doesn't get up to 300 and something days <laughs> I don't know if we have that many left, honestly, at this point. <sighs> so, yeah. And I don't mean the podcast. I just mean the country in general. But I mean, we're... Uh, so I went into my <laughs> classroom uh, because they're they're moving furniture around and they're trying to fit everything with social distancing. And they told us to come in and make sure that anything that we didn't want to get moved out of the room, we either took home or like put in a special spot. And it's, oh man, it's going to be crazy. Like part of the reason why I bought this new computer and the drawing tablet and all the extra stuff I got with it was like, I was rationalizing, listen, I'm probably going to be teaching remotely, but I think we're going to be back. They make the decision tomorrow. And from everything that I've seen, I think we're going to be back in the classroom. Wait, they make the decision tomorrow, but like, do they really make the decision tomorrow? So the school committee meeting is tomorrow. I think they've already made the decision. They're announcing okay. it tomorrow, but I think they're going to say we're coming back hybrid with a hybrid model, and I think by October we're all going to be home again. So yeah, because what I've heard is like you know when they say they're going to open, they're always like and we'll keep an eye on it. So it seems like you know any any big fluctuation in the data, they could just change it again, right? Right, and I think that that beginning time uh, where we're back with the kids is really just going to be like okay. When we finally go full remote, here's what you're going to be doing. So hopefully hopefully everything works out. Yeah, bro. So basically we had today an emergency unplanned ban announcement. I don't even fucking have any idea anymore how the bans work and stuff like schedule wise. If there's supposed to be advanced notice or, or something, but... Basically, encapsulated in this ban was their new philosophy that bans can happen anytime and they're instant. Or any Monday, I guess. And yep. they're instant. Just so, there, There's this Portlandia video that people made a meme out of that like has like the dictator talking about when things happen. Like, cards too good, you get a ban. Cards too fast, you get a ban. Too slow, get a ban. To medium, you get a ban. Like, they fucking banned everything. They banned Cauldron Familiar. Yeah, well, bro, this standard now is tied with Urza's block for the most bans ever. It's Well, I mean, they just fucking banned 12 cards. Uh, yeah, 10. But um, the also the, the change to the mechanic of Companion doesn't really count as a ban. Uh-huh. But if you think about that, it's pretty much more than Urza's block, right? Yeah, I mean, I you can't say, like, the power level overall is the same. But if you're looking at, like, the format in a vacuum, sure. Yeah. And I don't even know about that power level argument because, Dude, I mean, I, 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 I do understand. compare with, like, Tinker. Like, come on. Tolarian I do understand, Academy but if you, Tinker, if, you look at, don't. if you look at, like, the play rates in Legacy of the cards that remain from Merz's block... It's not even close, right? So how many but, cards from Rose's Block are banned? Okay. Well, Gaia's Four. Cradle. That's not banned. No, it's not. But I'm saying Tinker, Tolarian Academy, um, those are banned. And mem- Memory Jar. Okay. Those are the only ones I could think of. I'm probably missing one. but 
Uh, I mean, no, you, you're you're probably right, but those are like you unbanned Talarian Academy and fucking Legacy. Yeah, true, true, true. Like the the power level of those three cards does not compare to what just got banned here. Is what I was yeah. trying to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, but there are clamoring for more cards from the past two years banned. I'd say than I've heard for Urza Saga. It's just for a different reason, right? They're not as broken. They're just maybe more annoying. Okay. So. Basically, yeah, the the bands happen for Standard, Pioneer, Historic, and I guess Brawl, whatever that is. Do people even... Oh, never mind. I thought they, like, stopped doing Brawl as a format, but they're still banning things for it. Yeah, I don't know. But I thought this was interesting because on our last episode, uh, back a couple weeks ago, we talked about the... The... uh, What's it called? The Hasbro quarterly report that would be coming out last Monday. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, how digital impacts it. And when we talked about um, Pioneer recently on another episode, we were talking about how the challenges weren't firing. And I thought it was super interesting that in this announcement, they alluded multiple times to the the rate that people were playing online. And with Pioneer... They specifically said it was Ian Duke again having the byline on this ban list announcement. Yeah. And specifically, with regard to banning all these combo cards in Pioneer, he said, while win rate data may not point to change being needed, a different, more important set of data does player participation. It's clear that many players who have been or could be interested in Pioneer are ready for a change. Ultimately, how much fun players are having with the environment is the most important driving force behind BNR updates, and so we're choosing to ban four cards to shake things up. So, I mean, for for Legacy, it's like, obviously, you'd, you'd want to be shaking things up if you were trying to drive people into Legacy, right? I mean, if you were, if you were trying to drive people into Legacy, but I don't think this is really what... When I read that announcement, I think it's not Legacy-driven at all. I think they've just sort of like completely taken that and separated it from separated it from what they're trying to do with their other formats. Yeah, so I think it's interesting that they acknowledge the weak player participation numbers for specifically for Pioneer. They also did it with regard to Arena for Standard, but they they acknowledged it for Pioneer the poor participation numbers. And I was curious how conspiratorial you're willing to get on this because. Let's say that they're seeing poor participation numbers in Legacy, and they think they can change that by eliminating Teferi. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that would cause them to not eliminate Teferi or to eliminate Teferi? Oh, I think that if they could make money off of it, they would eliminate. And I feel like the driving force behind WotC right now is trying to profit off of the older formats rather than uh, play play metrics. Yeah, So I feel like, like they would be more likely to um, make their decisions based off of the profit margin of new cards printed, not based off of we really want people to play Legacy. So um, obviously that's like, I have no idea, but I think that all of their decisions are being made off of the formats they announced today. Yep. And they're going to they're gonna try to skim as much money from the other markets as they can without really testing or worrying about the formats. Like, True. just, that's my opinion. Um, it just makes sense from a resource management perspective. Like, they don't want to put the resources in to test and balance legacy and vintage. They kind of don't even want to do it with modern anymore. So, I forgot about modern. Well, I mean, like, what was it? Uh, Pioneer was the sort of nail in the coffin for modern. And now they're like, oh, Pioneer isn't working anymore because there's no more paper. So so what are we trying to do? I just, I I don't know. Yeah. It's just so funny. I totally forgot Modern existed. Um, The the legacy thing, I, I agree with you. I think that if anything, they're just not thinking about it at all. And if if enough people were clamoring about the same card, I think they would probably just ban it to shut people up, like with Breach. Mm hmm. But, you know, there's sort of a multi-pronged uh, complain faction, I would say. people are Some people complain about one card, some people complain about another. So I don't think that it's centralized enough on anything, except maybe Astrolabe. But. Yeah, I think the Astrolabe thing 
sort of settled a little bit when Astrolabe didn't take over the format. It's like fourth in the meta. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's like it's still there. I think people are more clamoring about Oko and its effect on other decks and all of that. It's like you either fight against Oko or you ignore Oko. And um, like, I don't know. I think Oko is the new Flashpoint. But we're, we're not going to see anything happen in Legacy until something gets really, really broken. So I think that we're, we're sort of in this pattern right now. Yeah. So the reason I said Teferi earlier as my example was because it got banned in Standard, Pioneer, I'm sorry, Standard, Historic, and Brawl. And the reason that it was banned in those formats is, uh, to quote Ian Duke, uh, We've often heard the feedback that the repetitive play patterns and reduced capability for interaction that Teferi Time Raveler can create feel oppressive and limiting. You could apply the exact, <laughs> literally the exact same argument to modern if it's still legal and modern and legacy. Right. And I'm sure vintage. Not being able to fucking interact when that card's on the battlefield sucks. That's why you play it that does, card. Yeah. It, it feels awful, right? And, you know, I, 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 played the card in sharks and i felt really dirty about it and way way worse than i felt playing oko you know i i i really don't like teferi i've i've come to to realize i mean i'll play it out of necessity because i don't want to play a, a bad deck like a, a suboptimal list but i really don't like the card now and yeah you could just apply this to legacy but they didn't so i just want to get your sort of take on that yeah, I think they just don't care enough to. And if they're like, okay, Legacy is the home for the kind of broken cards, then we don't want to touch it in Legacy. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do too much to Legacy unless Legacy gets broken in half. And uh, that's, that's sort of my take on it. Yeah, it really sucks, like, that sort of... Legacy being the home for the broken cards mentality and then shifting that to 2019... Where it's like, the, <laughs> you know, I was just talking to our friend uh, Josh Binghamton about uh, his, his impending return to Legacy. And he was talking about, like, I just really wish the 2019 cards weren't there. And then transpose that with today, this sort of announcement. And I heard people talking about Legacy being the home for these cards now, like Teferi. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? It is. It's uh, Teferi Oko. Welcome to Legacy. Yeah, F- Field of the Dead, Veil of Summer, etc., etc. So yeah, man. Other than that, I watched a couple rounds of the challenge on Saturday. I watched our boy Marcus play his sh- Shark List, which was mm-hmm. pretty much the same as Callum Shark List, except a few, a few tweaks that he made. He was still playing three copies of Standstill, is the big one. Yep, and. I, we didn't record last week, so we didn't really talk about this, but Callum did pretty well with a shark list that had two stone forges in it, which was something that I'd tried too when I was playing sharks because I was trying to beat Eldrazi and it still wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But when I tried it, I had Jit and Batterskull. Yeah. And what Callum did was put in sort of Feast and Famine, which I think is fucking genius. I, I didn't think about it at all. But you were always so tight with mana with that deck because it's a blue-white deck. You're not ramping out at all. And you're trying to get your sharks as big as possible. You're trying to cast big spells like Supreme Verdict, Batter Skull, you know, uh, Snapcaster, whatever. And you just always have ways to use your mana. You have Hall of Heliod's Generosity. There's, There's just so many ways to use your lands. So I thought Sword of Feast and Famine was the perfect card for that deck and it really changes the stoneforge package yeah i remember when i used to play that like that because it was the best equipment uh like way way back in in bant stone blade days and i understand why it's good but i i still feel like if you're trying to specifically combat eldrazi maybe maybe that's not the choice oh yeah no i think eldrazi's just disappeared recently like i haven't seen it so okay i think i think that's more of but yes i understand what you're saying for your point for sure yep but like that card just makes the deck so much better because you can connect 
through elks and other random blue, green and black stuff, which the meta is increasingly green and black, I think. Mm-hmm. So it allows you to connect and then use all your mana twice in some cases. So it just looked really impressive. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't seem like Marcus was doing too well in the matches I saw, but the card sort of uh, Feast of Famine looked amazing to me. So got to give respect where it's due. Yeah, White, White Faces does some great things with deck building. Yeah, for sure. And other than that, though, there are no challenges, not even just for Legacy, but just in general. That have been posted? There have been so many chats I'm in that were like, when do the results get posted? And people are like, usually now. Maybe it's yeah. the, uh, the intern's unpaid furlough because card yeah. sales have gone down. Yeah, I don't know, man. Or they're just like having emergency meetings today and decided to ban the shit because, you know, Pioneer didn't fire and <sighs> some some sort of metrics look bad. I, I feel like th- it was like an all hands on deck thing today with this ban. <laughs> I don't no, know. It's I just mean, my like you're, you're, you're probably though. right. They're like, how can we fix this? Like yeah. Hasbro, Hasbro's yelling at them on the phone. Hasbro's yelling on speaker, and they're like, all right, everybody, come here. What can we do? And they're like, everybody's got a ban button. They're like, bam, 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 Now the people The Monopoly man's just smacking people with a stick. <laughs> uh, Mara's like, when I was on the set of Roseanne and I was writing, this is what we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So we have the deck dump, bro. That that's our that's our go to content for the week. I'm I'm so excited. I'm not even lying. It's been a while since we did something like this, so you might you might even be being honest about it. But this is an interesting deck dump, man. This is uh there was a lot of chalk, obviously, it's a deck dump. Yeah. And I believe it's Chronicler who who posts in the Legacy subreddit the the like which decks first of all does the deck dump but then also like which ones are like spicier than the yeah. other ones or whatever. And I kind of disagreed this week. I think that the the lists I want to talk about were sort of more traditional lists that are shaken up by a few cards and I think really changed a lot. Yeah. So first of all uh yo soy easy playing straight blue white humans well like blue white vile is it really humans i guess it has all the humans but i think it's more human than human like that human deck (laughs) that he'd been playing Yeah, yeah you know you know that one like the uh the meddling mage human sort of thing Mm -hmm. that easy's been playing for a while this is like going back to the first iteration of the human deck with like Thalia's Lieutenant. Yeah, like Wingcrafter is absolutely insane. And I understand why it's here. It's blue and it gives evasion to your creatures. But of all of the cards that I thought like would end up in a legacy deck, Wingcrafter was really, really, really far down the list. Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. And so we talked about Baron. And remember when we talked about Baron, I said that I saw it potentially in a deck like this that was like more of a legends build with like um the the legendary mocks and the Isamaru. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. This we we also talked about different... how like you to to play this card, you really need to play it in a vile shell. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. But this was like sort of the the level one take on Baron that I had, and also that card Niambi was part of that calculation. Yeah, but this use for Baron, like the Champion of the Parish Thalia's Lieutenant use for Baron, I think is super interesting. And obviously, someone who plays humans as much as as Yoso Easy would see that. I, I didn't even think about it, but like getting extra triggers on your your Thalia's lieutenants and everything. Yep. Really interesting, man. Like, I, I wonder how brutal this deck this deck is. Like, if you go into turn... It, it could be a meta call, but the fact that this deck, like, has those curve-out aggressive draws with disruption seems seems great. I've yeah, always seems wanted like to play Blue-White really well. Yeah, you love this shit. 
You kind of always have. Yeah. And you love Unsettled Mariner, too, so you should just play this deck. I should. At the next Leading Legacy Open in 2021. Well, uh, yeah, my my episode 300 comment was like, I can't wait to get back to playing Paper Magic. Because I miss that. I miss actually, like, packing up a deck box, going on an adventure. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, uh, I miss it. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, bro. I, I kind of miss it, and I, I'm kind of also like, why did I ever do that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's like a double-edged sword, I guess. Yeah, I got you. So yeah, the next list I want to talk about was Solnox. So usually we see Solnox, there's like a lot of uh, Chalice, White Eldrazi shit, like some Loam shit. Usually I'm, I'm mulliganing the hands that beat Ancient Tomb, but... This deck, man, this deck is right down our alley, I think. This is like the next level of that iteration that I think Callum made on the shark deck to cut the standstills and become, you know, put in Stoneforge Mystics and become more of this um, control-ish sort of deck. Now this is just like a straight-up tempo deck, right? Well, I mean, like, it's banned good stuff. Remember, yeah. we, we used to play this deck with Knight of the Reliquary and True Name and Stoneforge and all of that. And now yeah. all of those threats are just different. It's like you get to play Narset and Oko, and you're not even playing a full Stoneforge package. Right. Um, the Sylvan Library and Life from the Loam in the main deck along with Days. Like, who's playing Uro and Days? This guy. Yeah, so like the spell suite of this deck, if you take a look, it's four Brainstorm, four Plow, four Force of Will, three Days, three Stifle, one Force of Negation. Aside from the three Stifle, I mean, we played one to two Stifles sometimes in Bant, mm-hmm. but this is this is pretty close to that spell suite, right? And then there's yeah, also Ponders. Yeah, and then there's one Loam and four Ponder, and if you were building it, like, you drop one <laughs> Ponder for whatever you want to play. Legit, probably. But yeah, basically... <laughs> This is the same spell suite as that deck, right? Yeah. Just the threats. Now there's Ice Fang Coatl. There's a smaller Stoneforge package. And Uro, which sort of just trumps true name now. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and you're just Ogre, missing obviously. Noble Hierarch. Like, or Deathrite. And how much do you think this deck misses Noble Hierarch? Well, I mean, with a threat density packed in, it's it's not missing those mid to late game Hierarch draws. But if this deck could, like, start with a Hierarch in hand, you'd be like, oh, give me it. Yeah, Absolutely give me it. Yeah, for sure. And one thing about this I was thinking is the lands, right? So this is on three Wastelands and six Basics, which is not something that we could ever do. First of all, we never had access to Prismatic Vista. That's that's no small part of this calculation. Mm -hmm. But then also, Hierarch was a way to get under... Hierarch and Deathrite, I should say were ways to get under Blood Moon and still be able to deploy a threat, right? Yeah. So now this deck, you're going up by one or two lands and cutting a wasteland, so you have that many more colored sources, and you just have the luxury of playing basics now, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, like, the mana bases are just different now. Yeah. So also, like, wasteland was more important when we were playing that Hierarch build. Yep. So getting getting ahead on mana was more important and just having more mana sources in general. So I would be interested in playing this deck, man. Like I, I think that the next league I play, I'm definitely gonna start leaking again this week now that my internet's set up and everything. And my first league will probably be with this deck. Awesome. Yeah, the the yeah. next one isn't too much different. It's like you like control F for a Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, it's pretty nice because for a lot of weeks there, Control F for Stoneforge Mystic was zero results. And now we've got uh, four Stoneforge Mystics in this deck dump. This is Esper Delver by Autophagia. What do you think about this deck, bro? I mean, it's a it's a blue, white, black based Delver deck. I um I'm still not sold on it. Like it's a bunch of good cards. It's got for him the Torak along with like a very blue sp- uh, spell suite and a white splash that you actually like. You're 
with the mana base built the way it is, you're not always good to activate Stoneforge Mystic after you play it against a Wasteland. So I know that like Wasteland is sort of on the low right now, but if I would rebuild this deck, I might want some more white sources. There's three white sources total in this deck, and when you look at it, there's like six mana, like colored producing lands, and uh, I would... I would be very hesitant to play this in a field of wasteland, but that's just not reality right now. So it is pretty brutal. Yeah. And I, I just dislike four fatal push in general. Like I've always never been a fan of that. So like, I, I, I totally feel you on that. And I understand why this person did that because you know, black mana is more prevalent in this deck than white mana, but he's still only playing four black sources. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's crazy to me. But we're in a different world now than we were a year and a half, two years ago. So maybe it works out. But playing playing for him to Torak, like, I I don't know. I don't know about that one. It is pretty wild, man. Th- this deck really surprised me to see it come out. And the, the threat package, just so everyone knows, four Delver, three Stoneforge, two Anglers, and a Borrower with three Teferis. So it's kind of what you think. Like, if you're building Esper Delver... It's just I think that we would steer away from him and, and build it in a more uh, sort of probably like one island, one planes sort of way. You yeah, know? or or just more more mana in general. Like the the mana base of the stack or the spell base is extremely like color intensive yeah. and you're playing 19 land for wasteland where you you want to have double black, white, blue. Or double black and then double blue for borrower, like, blah. Yeah, like this deck's super weak to Blood Moon, right? Yeah, and we haven't seen a ton of Blood Moon. I know it's still there, um, but Blood Moon being on the mind of this deck builder, like that, that it, it's probably not a reality. Right. Yeah, there's not even like a blue blast on the sideboard and stuff. So. No. Yeah, you have like float white for disenchant, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. So, you know, kind of is what it is. This has always been a fun deck, and it's always something that I'll, I'll try to sketch out and get get sort of uh, get my hopes up and get disappointed with. So I've sort of given up on it. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see someone doing well with it. It's nice to see that it can do well. And, yeah, congratulations to Autophasia. So the last deck I pulled to talk about was Phil 1987 with your deck of choice, your weapon of choice, Burn. And this is not not your typical Burn deck, not your your usual Goblin Guides, Swift Spears, and Eidolons. This is mm. four Goblin Guide, four Swift Spear, two Vexing Devil, which is a card I went deep on, not going to lie, and two Chandra's Incinerator. Do you remember what that guy does? Yeah, that's like the one that has delve, only it's the life lost for your opponent by non-creature spells this turn. Exactly. Like, it just reduces the casting cost based off of non-combat damage, right? Yeah, so Vexing Devil would still count for it. Right. Um, I mean, this is just burned with bad cards, right? (laughs) No, I mean, like, you take out the Incinerator and you take out the Vexing Devil, and you're like, oh, nothing's different. (laughs) <laughs> and then this person just decided to play like two two sets of two bad cards, and Watsy's like, "Oh, fucking print it, fucking print it." Chandra, <laughs> Chandra's incinerator is here. It's legacy playable. <laughs> fucking put that right in the dump. This is what the intern that was supposed to put the challenge online spent like hours researching. He's like, "Oh, here we go. Here's this one fucking person." I wouldn't be surprised if Watsy just made this shit up. <laughs> sorry sorry no 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 i didn't i didn't mean that i didn't mean that oh man yeah no i kind of feel you though i've always had a soft spot for vexing devil though i gotta say like yeah i, I mean i i owned them from like modern burn or like standard way back in the day but like come on it doesn't seem great right now, though. That, that's the one thing I'll say, is there have been times when I've thought about sleeping up Vexing Devils. Now would not be that time with, like, the number of 
fatal pushes and plows we're seeing and just when when would the time have been there were times when i think spot removal was at a particular low like the times when when i wanted to play infect i would say were the times when i'd be sleeping with vaccine devil okay where where i really didn't expect to see many bolts or, or plows yep uh more of like a, a sweeper format i guess combo sweeper that yep. sort of thing not that i ever did i i just kept them in my trade binder but yeah yeah I, I do like the card a lot well grats to phil 1987 uh, yeah given that you were like born in 87 you should like probably be able to afford four copies of a better card than <sighs> vexing devil and chandra's incinerator i'm just letting you know it's pretty brutal yeah also, I will say there's two goblin decks in this deck dump. Both of them have Muxus, and neither of them have the uh, conspicuous, whatever it's called. I know. Well, listen, like, goblins making a comeback make Stoneforge Mystic look pretty juicy, right? Yeah. I know that they, yes. they have some, like, new tools to be able to deal with it, but do you remember playing Stoneforge Mystic against goblins? I and having the goblins yeah, yeah. player be like, you get fucking badass shit again. You know what, though? I will say, not having sort of Fire and Ice kind of sketches me out with that matchup because they would always be able to take care of your first equipment, you know? Yep. And now they can always, like, block and sack. So if you can't actually punch through, it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. So, like, I would really want Fire and Ice. Or you just put your equipment on a Delver. Let's go. True. True. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, Mux is... True name. Yeah. When's the uh, last time can, we saw a true name? I'm gonna I'm control sad. F true name right now. I'm just uh, it's not there anymore. My bro. Boy. There's one. Oh no, it's in the sideboard of a fucking breakfast deck. That's <sighs> it. That's all we see for true name analysis. F and chat boys. So Sean O'Brien's sitting at home somewhere right now, not playing Legacy because of True Name Nemesis, unaware that it's Completely not a part of the format. I know, remember when he's like, fucking Grizzle <laughs> Brand, true name nemesis. And now you like control F Grizzle Brand and like, no, uh, nobody plays Grizzle Brand, nobody plays true name. He has to come back and be like, ah, Astrolabe. It's crazy, bro. I mean, I'm sure it would be Astrolabe, yeah. Probably. What are these fucking lands? Hold up. I'm looking at a swamp right now that looks like it's tie dye in this. Oh this deck dump does it have our t-shirt our t-shirt logo printed on it kind of bro it's it says m21 on it but it's like tie-dye it's purple oh yeah yeah so the the full art swamps it's because i drafted the special like the special packs from the set they look really nice in person i haven't asked matt how like tented they've become but they're all foil yeah, like we we drafted those packs and they were it was amazing. It was a really fun time, and uh, we have a date scheduled to draft double masters. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's gross. Um, he may have he may have went off the deep end buying some packs. Nice. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. They they these actually don't. I will say like I I do this thing where I act averse to all new things, you know. Mm-hmm. But I actually don't hate the look of this swamp. It actually looks kind of fresh. I wonder what would happen if, like, Wizards printed a full art, foil, alternate art, borderless, but centered version of Jihad if Rich, <laughs> if Rich Shea would come back. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> No, I'm just. I'm sorry. There's, there's no way he still listens, right? If he's not playing anymore. I really hope he does. He used to listen to our cast at two x speed. I gotta give Rich a call, bro. I haven't talked to him in like two weeks, I think at least. But yeah, so in in sticking to our new commitment of one hour casts, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling good. This was this was nice. I uh I was gonna do like a solo cast. Like every time we miss a week. Uh, I always say, all right, I'm going to do something solo. And then I sat down on my computer and I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how Pat Yugo did it. Where we just sat there and talked to himself for a full episode. I was like, this this is beyond me right now. 
Really? Because I, I like, I, I'll be honest, I jerk off to that thought of like just recording <laughs> myself talking into a mic for. <sighs> like, I, that, I just love that idea. Yep. Maybe, I, ne- I maybe like... next time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if people want to get in touch with you on Twitter, how, how can they do that? You can find me at TSmileyMTG. And honestly, listen, this is like separate from contacting me. If you're not following Lawrence Harmon on Twitter, <laughs> you are missing so much amazing shit. I just sorry, I want to say that. Or um, you're blocked. One of we we oh, they had the they had the MTG roast thread, and I was like, I want no fucking part <laughs> of this. That was actually. Fun. And the next day, I went and looked at it. And I'm like, I'm so fucking glad that I wanted no part of that. Yeah. Um, I- a lot of times Lawrence is, is going off while I'm at, like working. So I saw I saw like the first five minutes of that thread and I was like, I can't get in first. And nope. then like I, I was willing to jump in like tenth, but that wasn't when I was looking at it. I was looking at it at the very beginning. So yeah. Is what it is. It was pretty hilarious in retrospect. I, I'm I'm glad some of the messages didn't get deleted. Because uh there were some there were some great burns in there. But yeah, he's been killing it obviously. Per per usual. At Ian18125 on Twitter. Uh deadformatcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, I promise I'll check it again soon. <sighs> Anything else? No, man. I'm I'm glad that you're all settled. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, bro, for sure. Good to talk to you. I'm glad you're uh glad you're thriving out there. Well, I mean, I'm here. I don't I don't know anybody who's really thriving right now, but we're doing it. It looks like you're thriving from your uh, your your new epic gamer. That's because you haven't seen my like my new belly. Oh man, my <laughs> kid my kid looked at me the other day and he's like, "Daddy, you got a big belly." I'm like, "Fuck." Quarantine fifteen is that what it is? Dude, yeah. fifteen <laughs> is yep. Yo, having three sets of stairs, I I'm I'm hoping that just keeps me uh, in shape. <laughs> Does it not? Hope so. Well, you know, you have three sets of stairs, right? Uh, yeah, but I usually am not going up and down. I'm usually on one and two most oh, of the time. Okay. You know See, I'm I'm on three or zero, so it's like constantly up and down. I got gotcha. you. All right, bro. That's a wrap. <laughs>